Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There are unexplained events happening all over the globe. It doesn't matter if you're in your own home, you're in the middle of the woods, or you're even in the hustle and bustle of the city. These unexplained events don't seem to have any boundaries when it comes to when they're gonna happen. These viewers, as always, sent in their allegedly true and downright creepy encounters that they can't explain. Some of these might involve cryptids, some might involve ghosts, and some might just involve some tweaked out people that you just can't explain the actions of. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories to freak you out tonight. As always, be sure to punch that like button and subscribe if you're new as it helps the swamp grow. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also go to reddit and submit it at r slash thedarkswamp. I would love to share your story here with everyone. Now, without further ado, Let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Now, a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. With so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm straight to your door for peak ripeness you can taste. We all know HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime, but did you know it can also save you money? HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. That means less stress in your day and more money back in your pocket. So, what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Swamped and use code 50Swamped for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Swamped and use the code 50Swamped for 50% off plus free shipping. You can find the links to do so and the code in the description as well. It Mimicked a Park Ranger by Brittany W. I've been listening to this show for quite some time now. I also love to read scary stories on the internet, but I thought it was time to finally share one of my own. I don't know if it's a cryptid, but I don't know where else to share this. This happened quite some time ago. I was about 19 when it happened and almost had forgotten about it until my friends had brought it up. We all were trying to forget about it subconsciously, I'd say. This happened back in July of 2017 in Greer, Arizona. There were seven of us in the group, including my boyfriend at the time, and we wanted to do some distant camping for my birthday despite the increase in mountain sickness cases. The term they told me was off-grid camping but it was much further than most people would go. We packed up our friend's FJ Cruiser and set out for our destination. We were given by some random person who knows the area. We could only drive so far before we had to get out and hike the rest of the way, which was to be expected. Once we reached our destination, 
We wasted no time prepping some beers and beginning to get drunk and smoke as you do when you're young and dumb. We even had some people pass by who thought we were the authorities. We set up camp and by the time we were done, it was beginning to get dark out and just in time for the spooky stories. My boyfriend and I did not last long with the stories because we had fallen asleep. We honestly got a little too cross-faded between the drinks and the joints, and if I'm being honest, we went to bed pretty early. So did my other friends, though. Only three were up late telling the stories from what I got. My boyfriend and I share some intimate moments before ultimately falling asleep, so here's where it starts to get disturbing. I was in and out of consciousness, but I remember hearing the zipper to the tent open slowly. I didn't know anything of it then because I was gone, if you know what I mean. The next thing I remember is my boyfriend weakly touching my elbow as if I was, like, facing him. Uh, I didn't really wake up because I thought maybe he was just trying to wake me up, until I heard him gasping for air. When my eyes opened, I saw this dark, clouded figure with an ugly, disgustingly disfigured face hovering over my boyfriend with his mouth open. I screamed as loud as I could and ran out of the tent towards the fire, practically naked, before I stumbled into the dirt. I remember seeing an older man come from the woods yelling out, I'm a park ranger! with a gun rushing to the tent. In my panic, I remember looking around at all my friends coming out of their tent and surrounding me, making it hard to see what was happening with my boyfriend. The voices of all my friends talking at once were messy as I filled with worry and grief, leaving my boyfriend alone in that tent with whatever the freak that thing was. Then a second younger man came out from a similar area of the woods. That's when I noticed the park ranger was no mere man. He looked off and began to shriek just like this creature who was shrieking in pain as people jumped on the tent and tried to get my boyfriend. The older man, who I thought was a park ranger, began to look at us with demonic eyes. My friends and I watched in disbelief as the younger person began to pour what looked like water onto this creature and older man. They both began screaming and shaking violently. They both eventually gurgled from the liquid and ran off into the woods, never to be seen or heard from again, at least by us. My boyfriend, he, he was incredibly shaken, but he was okay ultimately. He stood up, got out of the tent, and was trembling. He could barely breathe, he was coughing up a lung. I'm not entirely sure what was happening. He explained it very similar to that scene from Harry Potter, where the Dementor comes and like sucks out their soul. That's what he said it felt like. He just couldn't breathe. Don't ask me what we saw that night, or who those people were, or that creature or fake park ranger was. I'm thankful to be alive, because I know if they didn't show up, we would have all probably been in the following headline of the paper. I Know It Was Real by Cassie I grew up in an industrial town in the north of England. We live in a mill cottage down a remote path. You would only know there were 15 cottages down that way if you lived there. It was very remote. I could keep my bedroom curtains wide open as no other people were overlooking us. This particular night was a full moon, and it half-lit my bedroom. I turned to face my bedroom wall as I lay in bed because I was too lazy to get up and shut the moonlight out. After 10 minutes passed and I felt a finger prodding my shoulder. I ignored it at first, thinking it was part of a dream. It wasn't. It continued poking till it started to hurt. I turned around, and there, kneeling on the side of my bed, was an American Civil War soldier. It was illuminated in the moonlight. Now, you can remember this is the north of England and not the United States of America. 
He was kneeling at my side, so we were face to face. He wore a blue Civil War uniform. His hat had two yellow gold cross swords, and the hat was battered and dusty. He had a round, full face, tanned skin. I could see beads of sweat on his forehead. He stared at me and smiled. His teeth were surprisingly white against his tanned skin and black hair. I was terrified. I tried to shout for my mom, but no words came out. I put my sheets over my head. I was stone cold with fear, but sweating at the same time. Don't ask me how. Of course, he had gone when I emerged from the sheets in the morning. And of course, according to my parents, I was dreaming. But I know I wasn't. Why would an American Civil War soldier be in the north of England? This was in 1968, and I was 10 years old at the time. I knew nothing then of the U.S. Civil War or its uniformed soldiers. Back then, the history taught in our school was of Henry VIII and his unfortunate wives. I know what I saw, and I know I wasn't asleep. He was there and he was real. I still can't really work out how a soldier from way back then got into a little cottage in the north of England. Did Illinois police really chase down a UFO? I got in here about 4 o'clock in the morning, and as I got out of my pickup truck, I happened to look over in the northeast, and I seen that bright star, which I thought it was a star, shining down this way. So I goes in the inside, was in there for a few minutes, and came back out to get in my truck, and I looked over there again, and I uh, thought to myself, well, oh, that's awful bright and awful low. And I just kept watching it, and all went, it's moving, 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 moving. It was the early hours of the morning on January 5th, 2000, in Highland, Illinois. Most residents would still be in their beds enjoying their last minutes of slumber. Everything seemed as it should be until a man named Melvern Knoll seemingly noticed something odd in the sky over his miniature golf course that he owned in the Highland area. For some location perspective, Highland, Illinois is roughly 25 miles or so from St. Louis, Missouri. Melvern was a truck driver in the off-season and would be out and about making deliveries at all hours of the day and night. Melvern was completing a delivery at around 4 a.m. and once he was finished, he decided to check on his miniature golf course and make sure nothing was out of the norm. While he was arriving to the course, he noticed what he thought was a bright star in the sky to the northeast. Melvern Knoll would stop everything he was doing and observe this anomaly. Melvern quickly realized the light was heading in his direction. After a couple of minutes went by, Melvern noticed it was attached to a much larger object. He describes this object as being rectangular in shape and was roughly the size of a football field. Melvern also stated the object was tall and insanely massive all around. If you guys have watched my previous UFO documentary on the War Mr. Thing UFO sightings, this rectangular shape was also mentioned in that case as well. Could this be a possible consistency between multiple different sightings around the world? Melvern thought he better report this to the police. He drove down to the station and reported it. He didn't want to come off as a drunk or someone not sound of mind with a phone call. After relaying further information to the police, Melvern stated the object had multiple windows that lined the side of the object. Each of these windows had intense white glowing lights coming from within them. When the object got close, Melvern was able to see a plethora of dim red lights on the belly of the object. Melvern could not be sure 
but he thought the object was black or a dark gray in color. The speed of the object couldn't be determined by Melvern, but he mentioned it seemed to be moving at a rather slow pace. The entirety of this sighting would last roughly five minutes or so. This doesn't end here though. This UFO would seemingly travel all around the surrounding areas. The Highland Police Department dispatcher sent this over to the Lebanon Police Department, who has jurisdiction over the area. Lebanon just received a call from Highland PD. Reference to a truck driver just stopped in and said there was a flying object in the area of Lebanon. It was like a two-story house. It had white lights and red blinking lights, and it was last seen southwest over Lebanon. Could you check the area? Officer Ed Barton would be the first to respond to the call at around 4.15 a.m. Of course, Officer Barton was skeptical of this claim at first. I can't blame anyone for being a bit apprehensive about checking on an alleged UFO that is being described as a literal flying building. Initially, Officer Barton asked the dispatcher if this was some sort of joke. They assured him they were not ribbing him, and this was indeed a serious call. Officer Barton proceeded to the call. He drove toward the north end of town, just past Homer Park. He claims to have seen nothing in the sky on this drive. He then followed Whittakus Road as it takes you from the north side to the east toward Route 4. Suddenly, about halfway down the road, Officer Barton witnessed two large white lights in the sky. Officer Barton would go on to explain that these lights seemed to be very close to each other almost as if they were connected together in some way. He mentioned the lights were so powerful and radiant that the light beams reminded him of the Japanese Rising Sun battle flag from World War II. This intrigued him, and he began to make his way closer to the strange object in the sky. As Officer Barton arrived at Route 4, he began to go south heading toward Lebanon. As he was driving, he had a clear view of the lights to his left. At many points, he would switch from watching the road in front of him to watching the phenomenal lights. He noticed the two lights seemed to have merged into one very bright light now. At this point, Barton turned on his overhead lights, thinking this may be an aircraft in distress. As Officer Barton made his way into town, he noticed the lights were now in an elongated cigar shape. They seemed to not be moving anywhere and staying stagnant. He guessed it would have been over the nearby town of Summerfield. At this point, Barton parked and got out of his vehicle. Barton noticed no sound of any kind coming from this object. The ship approached him, and he noted the object was not a cigar shape, but a triangular shape. It was described as being massive, around 75 feet in length, and roughly 40 or so feet in width. Each corner had an absolutely massive bright light on each corner. Barton estimated that the object was no more than 1,000 feet above the ground. This would be when Barton radioed into Central Command, letting them know what he was seeing. You can hear some of the transmission here. Well, be advised, there's a very bright white light east of town. Looks like it's just east of Summerfield, and it keeps changing colors. I'll go there and see if maybe it's an aircraft. It doesn't look like an aircraft, though. There are moments where you can hear Officer Barton stutter and pause. These are the moments Barton claims the object suddenly accelerated dramatically. The movement was so quick he could hardly track it with his eyes, according to Barton. Officer Barton's encounter with this object would end as he radioed in the object would be in the area of Shiloh by the looks of it. 
Just a stone's throw away, eight miles southwest, Officer David Martin from the Shiloh Police Department radioed to dispatch that he could see something odd in the sky. 2550, I see something, but I don't know what the heck it is. Right around the time Officer Martin said he saw something odd in the sky is when Officer Barton said he could no longer see the object. Martin was patrolling the south end of Shiloh at the time when he suddenly noticed the object in the sky. I looked up in the sky and observed this huge arrow-shaped, triangular-shaped object just floating in the sky right in the open field right over here. And it had three big bright lights lighting up the entire sky just beneath the flying object. Martin said he saw three distinct bright lights, all which were facing downwards toward the ground. He mentioned that the lights did not seem to be illuminating anything under them though. Small green and red lights were dimly shining on the back of the object according to Officer Martin. From his best guess, Martin suggested that the object was easily only a thousand feet in the air. He thought the object would have to be 75 to 100 yards wide. Throughout the entire sighting, Officer Martin was driving slowly. His windows were also rolled down, and he could hear no sound emanating from this massive object. He eventually pulled over and got out of his car for a better look at this thing. At this time though, much like before, this object picked up insane speed and took off toward the west. Officer Martin would note that the object went from roughly 15 miles per hour to easily over 100 miles per hour in no more than a few seconds time. Officer Martin's encounter with this object would end with him requesting dispatch to call the Scott Air Force Base to see if they had anything deployed. They claimed they had nothing deployed at the time. Just a few minutes later in the nearby town of Milstad, Officer Craig Stevens was on patrol when he heard the radio chatter about the odd object. His curiosity peaked. Stevens drove around the town of Milstad, trying to find anything he could, trying to just catch a glimpse of this thing. I've got that object inside also. Are you serious? It's huge. Suddenly, Officer Stevens came upon this massive object in the sky. Stevens would claim to catch a photo and sketch what he saw and created a report that he presented to the police chief. Stevens, like everyone else, estimated the object to be only about a thousand feet above the ground. It was flying very slowly at what seemed to be a casual pace. He noted no noise was seemingly coming from the object as well. He watched the object head north. It had white lights on the sides and center and a singular red light on the bottom. So far, most of the eyewitness reports have been fairly consistent outside of the lights and the shape of this object. The last notable sighting would come not long after from Dupo, Illinois. Like a few of the previous officers, this anonymous officer heard the radio chatter and decided to have a look for himself. No more than five minutes after the Milstad sighting, this officer was seeing what he claimed to be the same mysterious object in Dupo. From the time they told me that Milstad had seen it, I drove probably about five miles down the highway and pulled off the side of the road to look. and. Another officer from a neighboring town came up and I told him what I was doing. We both laughed about it and made a few jokes and he left and I got back in my car and went maybe a quarter mile and I seen something in the sky. The officer claimed to have seen multiple bright lights, but this officer mentioned the object was high in altitude, unlike the others who claimed the object was no more than 1,000 feet in the air. 
It was apparently so high in the sky that the officer would never have even noticed it flying above if he hadn't been extra vigilant due to the radio chatter. I'm not sure this thing item that you said, it's one here appears to be pretty high in the area. Our first thing, I open eye because you can see the different colors, now it appears to be white. This officer claimed the object stayed steady toward the east of Dupo. The officer states he did observe the object through binoculars, but wasn't able to get a clear look at it, but could tell there were multiple lights on this object. Much like the others, this anonymous officer stated there were white lights on the ends of the object and red lights in the center. He could not discern a shape or size of this object, though. Now, there are civilian witnesses as well, but in the interest of keeping this video at a consumable length, I will skip over those as they don't offer too much more testimony to what we've already heard. From the reports and timeline of the radio chatter, we can pretty much piece together a direction of where this object may have been going. From the first sighting in Highland to the last sighting in Dupo, we can determine it traveled exclusively in the southwest of Illinois. The object flew right by the Scott Air Force Base and began to slow down around the Shiloh area. It began to suddenly increase in speed again around Milstad, and then began to change course toward the northwest. Now, I know many of you are going to be thinking, how could this alleged object that is so big, bright, and attention demanding go unnoticed by the Air Force? Well, I had this exact same question, so I dug around online and found a Reddit post which had a very interesting interview with the anonymous police officer from Dupo and the Scott Air Force Base. The Scott Air Force Base was asked if they saw or reported anything from that morning. They stated they received no calls about the object except the media in the aftermath of the sightings. They also state no one on the grounds of the base has reported seeing anything. They finished their statement by saying they did not track any objects via radar since radar services for the area were provided by the nearby Lambert St. Louis International Airport. The base stands firm that they were not operating any aircraft that morning. And with that, the story of the Illinois mass UFO sightings by police ends. Or does it? With this story, like many others I have covered in the past being unsolved, the possibility of more information or a solid conclusion is still very real. It is my ultimate goal to reveal these potential leads by documenting these stories that are otherwise lost to time. This story, like many other UFO sightings, does have its fair share of inaccuracies in the descriptions given by the witnesses. The biggest difference I can find is between the initial report from Melvern Knoll and the police officers. Melvern describes a large rectangular shaped object while the others all mention a triangular shaped object. This could be explained away by simple deductions such as angles, lighting, and obstructed views. I also have to mention that the color of lights and configurations of lights seem to vary between sightings as well. It is definitely possible that the witnesses made errors in their judgments and observations. There are many theories for why the descriptions vary. Some think the object could have been slowly changing shape over time, while others think there could have been multiple different objects in the sky that morning. Ultimately, this is one of the most anomalous and interesting cases of mass UFO sightings I have ever come across. There are so many possibilities as to what these objects could be, whether they're alien, human, or something entirely different. The fact that something is watching us from above terrifies me. What do you think happened that morning in Illinois? 
Did these police officers all mistake something? Was there something more going on at Scott Air Force Base? Maybe we will never know. But I will keep asking and casting a light on the unknown. Being a military brat for 21 years and being into aircraft anyways, I can pretty much tell you what kind of plane it is by the engine noise. And then I figured I would call Scott myself and say, hey, look, you know, we got some pilot hot-dogging out here, that kind of thing. And there was no noise, none. And when I read reports that the military was saying, well, if it was a B-2 with its flaps down, blah, 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 well, okay, that's fine, but they still make noise. I mean, that's, that's the most, but yeah, they, you can't see them on radar, but they make noise, all aircraft that I know of. And again, I don't know of all the R&D aircraft. However, all the ones that I do know of, they make some kind of noise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My Last Day as a Park Ranger by Anonymous My name is Jim. Most just call me Jimbo. I live in Pennsylvania. I am retired now, but I used to be a park ranger in the 80s and the 90s. My favorite part of my job was simply observing the natural beauty of our state. A big chunk of my time was spent simply surveying the wilderness and watching nature while I patrolled the parks I worked at. On one such patrol in September of 1992, I came upon a tree with some deep markings. I would have thought it was a bear or something like that, but the marks were just so far spread apart. They were deep claw marks from a five-fingered animal, or thing of some kind, that burrowed near halfway through the tree itself. This was strange, but it wasn't something I was thinking too hard on at the time. No. Instead, I continued my scenic tour through our beautiful countryside. In case you can't tell, I love nature. It's beautiful. Even in my retirement, I still go out and walk the parks and just take in the beauty of our lovely country. The farther away from people, the better in my opinion. I say this as nature has a natural beauty in my opinion. It's one that simply isn't inherent in big cities with lots of noise. I'm getting off track though. I continued for the rest of my day thinking nothing much of the markings I had found. By the next morning, I was rearing and ready to go up and go to work. When I stepped outside my home though, I found something strange on my property. To help you understand just a bit better, I live in the country, partly why I mentioned my disdain for cities earlier. I have a decently sized property. Anyway, 
I stepped outside and found some sort of mark on a tree near my home. It was just as deep, and it made me do a double take around the property in my area. I found no strange signs or weird marks. It was just on that tree. Part of me wondered if something had followed me home. But, then again, I'd seen nothing but claw marks, and I was never one to let my imagination get the best of me. As such, I drove to work and once again forgot all about the markings. Upon arriving at work, I found sheriff cars roaming the park. I asked if I could help the lawmen, at which point they asked if I was in charge. I nodded and mentioned I was, just about to start my shift, and was asking what was wrong. It was then that I was told some very disturbing news. Someone who had been camping in the area was on their way out, and they found a dog torn to shreds. I asked if they could show me. I have always had a strong stomach, and they brought me over to a very horrible sight. A dog had its insides torn out and looked completely mutilated. It had several claw marks that seemed to run through its entire body, and much of the body was in pieces. It was such a terrible thing to see, to say the least. Law enforcement then asked if I had seen anything strange around the parks as of late. I mentioned the claw marks I had seen the other day, but I also said I had seen nothing more. They told me to keep an eye out as they believed some kind of wild animal was out there, and they were worried it could pose a threat to the public. I also got a number to call in the event that I saw anything else or found anything in the same manner as this poor dead dog. I told them I'd keep the number and I'd keep an eye out and move on to my morning duties. There was a strange air about this day. It was like any other shift, but something felt off. I'm not saying it's because of the way my day started, but the day just as a whole felt wrong. The best way I could describe it is there was a sense of foreboding in the air. About three-fourths of the way through my shift that day, I decided to go back to the area because I had a little bit of spare time. I saw those claw marks. I made my way back to the tree and looked around. I didn't find anything strange outside of the claw marks. I didn't notice any sort of footprints or paw prints or tracks. There was a bit of heaviness in the air, but I just chalked that up to the strange day I had. The remainder of my shift was quiet, and I quickly headed home once I ended work. I still remember the meal that night. A huge pot of lima beans and rice with some nice deer sausage. I went to bed that night very content with a nice full belly. Sleep is rarely as great as when you fall into a food coma. At least, in most instances. This night was not one of those instances. I crashed quickly, but I was awoken by a loud banging at my door. I got up, grabbed my shotgun, and approached the door. By the time I had reached the door, it was practically falling off its hinges. I had really had no time to process what was happening, and I was still half asleep, but I realized one thing. It wasn't good. I raised my shotgun without much of a thought and fired around through the door. The way I figured, it was someone trying to knock in my door, probably to rob me or something like that, and that meant they were on my land and had no right to be there and every right to be shot. I live on private property, and I can assure you that you can't miss the many signs that read trespassers will be shot on sight. Upon this point, though, I'd never really met anyone stupid enough to test that. 
Now I figured having blown a hole through what was left of my door that someone was probably on the other side in pain and potentially bleeding out. The first thing I did was call the police. The next thing I did was try to open my door but it was half beaten in and a bit warped. When I went to open it, the thing practically fell off. I was in shock because I thought whoever did that must have been quite strong. I saw the deep marks in the door. It was the same claw marks and I went white with fear. I jumped back from my door and held my shotgun at it. I then waited for the police. They said it must have been a bear attack or something. I explained to them I had seen a lot of things in my lifetime. But bears don't leave marks like this. Still, I couldn't rule out it was some kind of an animal. So after filing a report with the police, I spent the rest of the night with my gun at my side while sitting in my rocking chair in front of the door. I didn't sleep a wink that remainder of the night. I can't say what time I, I was awoken, but I was shocked awake and the trauma from it all began. If you've ever been traumatized, you'll understand what I mean. If not, just know it can screw with your head. When morning came, I called in for the day from work, got a new door, reinforced everything, and then spent the rest of the day snoring after eating a quick meal. When I woke up again, it was nighttime. I knew at this point I needed to try to sleep, or my sleep pattern would be screwed, and so I attempted to, but when I would, I would be brought back to the night before, and I'd be hearing loud bangings and shots. It was then I'd find that nothing was there, and nothing went on. When I finally fell asleep, I was awoken the next morning to knocking at my door. It was one of my buddies and neighbors from several miles away who'd come to visit. I explained to him everything that had happened, and he brought up a story about something on his own land that had been eating his pigs. He was a farmer, and how one night he found himself firing at it. He said he wasn't sure if he had ever hit it, but the shadow of the thing must have been at least 12 feet tall. He hadn't seen it since, but a few others around town had heard some strange things, or had some odd run-ins with this creature. The town was pretty small at the time. It was a subject you simply didn't bring up. After my visit with my buddy, I tried to situate myself into a normal wake-sleep cycle again by spending the rest of my day attempting to relax with some reading and a bit of television. Day went by fine. I fell asleep relatively easily that night, probably from pure exhaustion. It took no time at all for me to wake to the sound of scratching on my walls. I listened more closely and I could swear something was slowly dragging its claws along the side of my house, and at times seeming to try to quickly scratch the walls. It was strange, but I got my shotgun and went to look around my windows. This didn't go well, however as the moment I went peeking around, this thing appeared quickly in front of my window. Its face was just about the size of my window, and it snapped at me. When it did, it shattered my window and began to try to come into my home. I remember firing several shells into it and running upstairs to my bedroom, where I locked myself inside, called the police again, and reloaded my shotgun, ready for one hell of a fight. I was freaking out as I had heard this thing running through my place and trashing things. I heard it sniffing around and once it hit the stairs, I swear I heard it leap over them in one bound. As if that wasn't scary enough, I could hear this thing smashing doors down all the while I waited in a corner, begging dispatch to hurry the hell up. Things got quiet before the sudden smashing of my bedroom door, which felt like it was a toothpick. This thing came in, and through the moonlight I could make out its massive size and some of its features. 
It looked like a dog or a wolf on two legs. It was at least 12 to 13 feet tall, and that was hunched over. It had these huge claws. Its teeth looked damn near the size of my forearm, and I remember shaking violently. I felt faint and terrified for my life. I huddled in a corner as this thing came closer. Then I heard a sound I will never forget. Sirens. They were loud and this creature turned for a moment distracted by the sounds. I remember firing a couple of shots and trying to run. This creature took a swipe at me and missed but charged me right after. I was hit with a heavy force and lifted from my feet and through my window. Now, the second story isn't terribly high up but it definitely hurt when I landed. I remember rolling and the sound of my gun going off as it hit the ground next to me. The police rolled up and someone checked on me as I pointed toward the bedroom. When I heard a loud stomping and another window breaking, the last thing I remember was my shaking. I had peed myself as well, but you would have too if you lived through that. I kept repeating, it's not a bear, it's not a bear, it's not a bear, over and over again. I wanted to stop saying it, but I just couldn't. I think I was in a mild shock. I stayed with family a few towns over for a couple of weeks. Now I used paid sick time during this time and reevaluated my living situation. I ultimately decided to stay put. I wound up rigging up my home with every possible security measure I could afford at the time. I've never seen this thing again though. I'm not sure if it was the couple of weeks I took away or the police ambush or what stopped it from coming back. Maybe it simply moved on. Maybe I just got lucky. I'll never forget my experiences so long as I live. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. Be sure to subscribe if you're new and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them multiple times a week and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your scary story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. It helps me out a ton. If you are listening to this on Apple or Spotify or somewhere else, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating as it helps me grow on those other platforms and it's very much appreciated. Don't forget to join me over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the fun stuff, and I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.